This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the RotoViz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by RotoViz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by RotoViz Radio. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my two co hosts. First, he gets no special introduction this week. He is Anthony Amico, who you can find on Twitter at Amixta. Anthony. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like you're getting a little bit of a big head. You know, you pushed back our recording la- last night by a half an hour. Today, you're about 45 minutes late. <laughs> That's why you get no special intro. I feel like I need to knock you down a peg. I mean, I don't deserve it. I have brought I have brought nothing but shame upon my family and upon this podcast. So. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? We're still love a good deal. Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Happy to have you on. Uh, my other co-host. He is the host of the wildly, massively <laughs> successful, Bogey Free Podcast. And he's been doing great work over at Rotoviz for both NFL and PGA content. He is Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, what's going on? Not much, man. Just uh, just happy to talk some football on a Thursday night. This is uh, it's always a fun show. I'm fired up tonight. Uh, you guys fans, aren't so. You guys aren't ex- uh, too bummed out to be missing the wild uh, San Francisco 49ers versus Oakland Raiders game right now. Don't act like I don't have that in the background right now. (laughs) I'd rather watch paint dry. I got to see Nikki two guns. Oh, gosh. Uh, Before we go into the show, I just want to remind everyone you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz subscription through the podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. We also have just launched launched a Patreon account, patreon.com slash rotoviz radio. That helps support our 10 weekly podcasts, including this one, during the NFL season. And being a patron also gains you access to our new live show, which will be airing at 11 a.m. on Sunday throughout the football season. All right, before we move on to week nine, let's talk some results from last week. First, congratulations to B-Hall82. He took down our listener league. Uh, The big difference for him in his lineup was he decided to go with the Bengals D who was owned at just 8.6%, gave him 19 points. Uh, over half the people in the league used the Steelers, who scored just seven points, and that difference was enough to put him over the top. 
So just more evidence that you should really pretty much always be fading the chalk defenses and GPPs. Can we agree with that, fellas? Yeah, most certainly. Uh, let's move on to our three-man competition. Anthony grabbed a narrow win over me and Jonesy, uh, extending his record to 4.5 for him, 3.5 for Jones. And uh, I'm still hanging around at zero, just biding my time. If I was being salty, I would say that Amico got a little bit lucky with OJ Howard, who was doing nothing until Jameis got benched and then scored a late touchdown from Fitzpatrick. But to be fair, he also ran pretty unlucky with Martavis Bryant. So I guess in the end, it all kind of evens out. Uh, that said, I do want to talk a little bit about my own team because, well, one, <laughs> I love talking about myself. And two, I think that something happened this in this contest that's important that I want to share with the listeners. So I was down roughly one point to Amico heading into the 4 p.m. contests. He had two spots left. I only had one. Uh, my remaining player was Robert Woods, and I felt pretty confident that Amico also had Robert Woods. So I decided to use the late swap feature, shifted to Brandon Cooks. Um, I think late swap in general is probably one of the most underutilized tools for DFS players, particularly, you know, quote unquote, amateur guys who are just looking to have fun and not do this for a winning uh, a living. But I think that one of the best things that you can do to increase your win rate is to pay attention and uh, utilize late swap opportunities. And by no means am I saying that I'm a professional. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but swapping to Cooks gave me a slight chance to win, while if I standed standard pat with Woods, I would have been drawing dead. So given that, I decided that I personally don't utilize late swap nearly enough, but I'm going to try to make that a larger focus for me moving forward. Um, so I'm curious, how often do you guys utilize late swap? Uh, do you think that it's something you want to do more often? Like, how important do you think it is? Am I making this into too big of a deal. Let's start with you, Amico. Yeah, I mean, I think late swap is definitely an edge. It's definitely underutilized. Like it's something I certainly forget. Like I'll just be like tilting my 1 p.m. game results and like I just don't I don't swap. Like I just stay salty for the next 12 hours. Like I should just swap, you know? Like I don't think that it's like a it's obviously not going to produce for you like an auto win. Like you're you're very clearly in, in like a cash setting taking a less optimal play, but you're doing it to give yourself more outs. And I think that that's just something you should always be trying to do. Right. I think that a lot of times we focus too much on, you know, trying to put the best lineup out there. And when you're starting the week, that should be your focus. But as it progresses, your focus should shift to giving yourself the best chance to win. And if that means getting off of your chalkier plays that you have in your late contests, if you're behind, it's 100% the, the best move to make. Uh, Jones, you have anything to add on this? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, I use it quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I usually try to think of <clears throat> like who might be that option. Like when I'm making, especially my cash lineup, I'm always looking in my flex and seeing what the salary is and picking like one or two guys that I could potentially swap to just so I'm not like scrambling at 359 trying to figure it out. Um, and I'm always amazed at how many people have players left and have a flex from the one o'clock games. So yep. like th those, these are all things that you could very easily change, like takes no effort. And if you're paying attention, we'll give you a better chance to win. So yeah, I, I definitely think that more people should be doing it. A hundred percent. 
All right. So again, congratulations to Amico on the win. Uh, but I just wanted to touch on that because we really haven't talked about late swap. And I do think it's a pretty important thing, uh, obviously, on DraftKings where you can do it. You're on FanDuel too now. Like, FanDuel has late swap as well. They don't just drop the lowest oh, score. Who cares? <laughs> all right, Jones, listen, you know what? <laughs> I've had enough of your shit. All right. FanDuel is a reputable DFS. No, I, all right. I would have listened to right. this 45 minutes ago, but I'm not going to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big win for FanDuel on the NBA side when uh, somebody with Tyus Jones in their lineup took down a GPP yesterday and guys who had him on DraftKings were SOL. So, uh, you know what? Fa- no FanDuel knocking will be allowed on this podcast, Mr. Jones. I, I had so much fun scrolling through my timeline, hearing about this guy who I have no idea who he is. <laughs> Just everybody <laughs> pissed off about it. Yeah, it was a good tweet. You said it was like your distant cousin. But, uh... <laughs> yep. Good old cousin Tyus. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to week nine. Uh, only 10 games available on the main slate this week. So it's a little bit of a shorter slate. Six teams are on by this week. And let's start at the quarterback position. We've got one option that's standing out to me as like the mega chalk. And that is Cam Newton, who has been pretty good this season and now gets a dream matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, They rank dead last in terms of defensive DVOA per football outsiders and uh, have just been gashed all season by quarterbacks. So is he a lock for your cash games? And how are you approaching him in GPPs as well? Let's start with Mr. Amico. I mean, I, I never need any incentive to play Cam. I love that dude in DFS. Um, and I will certainly be playing him. I mean, rushing, we love the guys that run. They provide for us really great floors. Uh, Cam is obviously the best in that area uh, at the quarterback position. And he's been a much better passer this year. I mean, he's on pace to set career highs in completion percentage and in sack rate by wide margins, uh, like 66% completions versus 61% career high, 4% sack rate this year. His next lowest in his career is 6.3%. Like he's just been way better. The the uniting with Norv has been like, I, I just never gave that move enough credit. Like he's clearly been good. Um, and Cam is also on a career high pace in terms of rush attempts per game. So that was like the one thing I was really worried about was like they try to make him a pocket passer and like take away his legs. But, you know, Norv has uh, has done the right thing here and he's basically just unleashed Cam full force. So uh, I don't really see a way that I'm not going to play him this week. I, you know, normally I'd say if you need the salary, you can go down to like Fitzmagic. This is eleven hundred dollars less. But uh, there's a bunch of value this week with the trades and everything that happened that we'll talk about those guys later. I don't really think you need to save the salary. So I'll just take the best play and uh, I will roster cam in tournaments as well. Yeah. I think it's just a pure smash spot for cam. I mean, uh, I look back through the fantasy labs trends tool and he's never had an implied team total this high, by the way. Uh, They're currently implied for 30.5 points. He's had seven games with a implied team total of at least 27. And in those games, he's averaged over 27 DraftKings points good for a plus minus of just under five and his $6,600 salary makes him cheaper than he's been in any of those contests. So it's going to be really hard for me to get off a cam this week for cash games. And I agree, like I'm not really worried about the ownership so much for tournaments either. I think he's just the best quarterback play this week. So I'm going to play him. Uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on cam? 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. There's there definitely is value to be had. Um, I'm gonna end up in cash. I just feel like this is one of those times where I'm gonna overthink it and probably just end up falling in love with some other play that I need that eleven hundred dollars for and just end up playing Fitz. So, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I mean Fitzpatrick is is a fine play in his own right, I suppose. Carolina has been uh, much better against the run this week than again or this year against the, than against the pass. Right. And we've seen Fitzpatrick have some weeks where he lights it up. Um, but again, like kind of like we were talking about with Beathard last week, I just don't see enough of a savings that I'm really interested in making that decision. Like Cam Newton is 6,600. I get that that's the second most expensive quarterback on the slate, but it still is cheap compared to like, you know, what we would have paid for Cam in the same spot last year or two years ago. So I, I'm, I'm much less inclined to, uh, to back down on this one than I guess you are. Well, I'm a fish, so there you go. <laughs> All right, so Jones, you mentioned Fitzpatrick for cash games. Anybody else that you're looking at outside of him and Cam Newton? Um, I mean, the obligatory gotten ice. Um, I think that that game is obviously going to be, um, well, not obviously, but hopefully going to be one of the more exciting games of the uh, of the week. Tons of scoring to be had. I think the over-under is like 60 right now. Um, so for $6,000, I think Goff, it, I don't think it would be a, a, the wrong decision to go like with Goff in cash if you really wanted to, but I'd rather just drop a little bit further, like I said, to Fitz, um, if I was going to go low. Uh, Amika, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think Fitz is the play if you're going to go low. Um, he's just been fantastic. Like outside of the Bears game, which is the one he got benched in, uh, I mean, Fitz has the 330 point games to start the year. He had basically 20 DraftKings points in like a quarter and a half last week. (laughs) Like the dude just puts up numbers and he's been, I mean, he's been impressive really over the last two years. Like he's been way better than, than Jameis. He's averaging like 8.9 yards per attempt. Jameis is averaging 6.9 over that same time span. Uh, This year he's averaging over 10 yards per attempt. So, I mean, he's just been, he's been the money and, uh, there's just no real reason for his price to be this low unless I mean, outside of the fact that I'm sure like the algorithm didn't really know how to account for like, you know, they didn't know he played like a quarter and a half, you know, they just thought he played a whole game. And that was a score. So uh, I think you just, I think if you're going to go low, you have to play him. And I think that in tournaments, he's decent. I don't think he's great, but I think he's decent. Okay. Let's talk tournaments, Amico. Um, who are some guys that you are considering? I mean, obviously, you have to consider Mahomes. I think uh, basically every single week you have to consider him. Uh, if I was going in a non-Mahomes spot, uh, Breeze in the same you know sixty-point total game that Jones was talking about with Goff, uh, and I like Kirk Cousins. Detroit has been terrible this year against the pass. Uh, Minnesota has the two stud wideouts. Detroit's corners stink. So uh, that's kind of like that's most likely my quarterback pool this week for the most part. I mean, I can get down. With uh, I can get down with Russ, I think, too. Uh, but it's just a matter of like which guys I want to have in the pool and which guys I don't. Because uh, you know, I don't I don't like to have like five or six QBs. I try to keep it to like two or three. Yeah, I mean, the Mahomes thing is super interesting because the guy just continues to crush. He's posted a positive plus minus in every game this season, meaning he's outscored a salary-based expectation in every game. But like the ownership just really hasn't gotten out of control on it. You know, he was owned at 11% last week. 
His his highest ownership on the main slate has been 18.8% when they played San Francisco. So like, I don't know if it's the, the salary, but like I, people don't seem to play him as much as we probably should be like Jones. Are you feeling some Patrick Mahomes this week or are you going to continue to, to fade? Cause I feel like on this show, we've been a little bearish on Mahomes. Um, no, I mean, I think I've definitely played him in tournaments. I, I love being able to stack him up on weeks that there's value. And this is one of those weeks. So I think it makes sense if you want to throw him in some tournaments and, you know, mix and match some of his skill guys and, and hope you hit on, you know, like a, a multi-touchdown game from uh, one of the receivers or Kelsey or somebody. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think you could honestly play him naked too because he does spread it around. Um, I mean, one one receiver on his team in particular looks like a really nice value this week. So uh, I'm, maybe he would be the default stacking partner, but uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the receiver section. We also, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, but... Um... Putting the putting him and Hunt with the KC defense is also like an interesting stack that differentiates you, and you can definitely. Uh, we talked about it, like I said, two weeks ago, but the correlations are there um, for that stack as well. So just something to think about. The old Kansas City onslaught. Um, I kind of like Cleveland this week to keep this game competitive, but I, I do agree with the concept of stacking the defense with the running back and quarterback, if you think it's going to be like a blowout type of game. Um, can one of you guys talk me out of Alex Smith at, at 5,000? Oh I was hoping you guys could. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, he's got like the second best matchup on the board outside of Cam Newton. You know, uh, Atlanta 31st in DVOA this season. I know that Washington has been like a ground-heavy attack, but I can't... I, it's just too cheap. Like I think I think I'm gonna have to have some Alex Smith exposure this week. I mean, they're not just ground heavy; they're like outrageously ground heavy. Like 69 percent on first down runs. Like they live they live for AP. That's like that's really my only concern. Like I don't think Smith is obviously like bad. Like we've talked about how we appreciate Alex Smith, but the guy hasn't even hit 18 DraftKings. Oh no, sorry, he had 19.6 week one. Yeah, hasn't hit, hasn't hit, sorry, hasn't hit 20 <laughs> DraftKings points all year. Like, I just I just don't think they ask him to do a lot. Now, maybe they do in this game if Atlanta is able to put some points on the board. Uh, but I could definitely see them being able to limit the Falcons a little bit and AP kind of being able to do all the dirty work for them. So, I don't know. It kind of just depends. Because right. the weapons really aren't that great. Jordan Reed has been ass. Uh, <laughs> Jameson Crowder is hurt. He's out. So, like, I don't really know who he's throwing the ball to unless Chris Thompson, I guess, has, like, 10 catches. Uh, Jones, any other quarterbacks that you're eyeing for GPPs? I mean, if we got to stick with the brand and and mention Trubisky, right? Is that a brand play for you? Trubisky? He's been on Trubisky a lot this year. I will give give Mr. Jones some credit on that. I I love me some Mitch. I mean, I think the real brand play for you is Nathan Peterman at 4K. Oh, no, <laughs> he's the reason why Trubisky is such a good play because they're going to have so many, like the only way that his ceiling is capped is if they just like actually run back all the interceptions this week. Like that's the only way he doesn't like smash. Cause they're going to have so many short fields. Like he's such a joke. I, I can't believe they like have to start that guy. I feel so bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Nathan Peterman. Uh, I was saying on the laying the points podcast that, uh, you should go ahead and download if you haven't. 
I was saying that I, I'm expecting to see some uh, some Terrell Pryor get a little QB run. Is that crazy? No, it's not crazy. I think it's swaggy as hell. I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm here for and that. And they just signed Matt Barkley, too. Get, get, some, uh, get some of him in there also. Well, that I'm not so much here for. More more <laughs> guys, like, who? how do you have a job? <laughs> um, one thing I will say about Alex Smith is just, like, we, we very rarely – see a quarterback with this low of a salary and this high of an implied team total. They're at 25 points, which isn't like jump off the page good, but it is one of the better marks on the week when you get outside, you know, the super explosive offenses. So I'm going to have some Alex Smith exposure. I don't care how much they run. All right, let's move on to the running back position. Uh, Todd Gurley, easily this year's fantasy MVP. If you're one of the people that were complaining about him for taking that knee last week, you, you need to take a good hard look in the mirror. Okay. This guy has done nothing but dominate all season. So the fact that he made a good team play and you're hurting, you know, you're you're trying to take it out on him is foolish. Uh Jones, you were the only one of us who was smart enough to jam him in last week. Uh it didn't help you so much in our three man competition, but it still ended up being the right play. Okay. His salary this season is slightly lower, or this week, I should say, is 9,500. Uh, but the Saints have been a pretty good rushing defense. So, Jones, will you be jamming him in again this week? This guy gets one second-place finish, and he's, like, throwing shade now. Like, what's There's going no on shade. here? I, I tried to say it that. It didn't after. really help you, but. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say after that? But it was the correct decision. Right. I so made that's, one that's... good decision last weekend. <laughs> That's love. That's a, that's um, honestly a loving. All right, whatever. Let's move on. Todd yeah, Gurley. No, Jones. it's if you're not playing Todd Gurley, I don't. Re- especially this week, like there is more than enough value for you to afford whoever you want. I don't understand how people can honestly say like, "Nah, you know what? I'm not going to play Todd Gurley." Like it just it honestly it I can't I can't tell myself a story to not play him. So I'm just going to keep playing him. Uh, well, I think Anthony is going to maybe take the other direction. I don't know. Anthony, what do you think about Gurley? No, I mean, is it, is it contrarian to say he's still too cheap? Like he's 9,500. Like the guy, all the guy has done is drop 30 bombs on everybody. (laughs) And now the total for the freaking game is 60 points and he's 9,500. Like it's, this is the lowest his salary has been in a month. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, I don't understand. Like, of course you're playing Todd Gurley this week. Like, I just, too cheap. He should be 10K. Like, I need I need the extra digit on Todd Gurley to think that he's reasonably priced. I mean, obviously on a terrific website such as FanDuel, Gurley is appropriately priced over 11,000. <laughs> with, with that Monopoly money. I don't even know what those <laughs> salaries mean. Like... <laughs> Everything I hear whenever somebody talks about it, they're like, oh, yeah, Cooper Cup is $35,000 this week. I'm like, what the hell is going on? No, I love both websites. I just want you to appreciate FanDuel. That's all. Yeah, I appreciate FanDuel because they own draft. That's it. (laughs) The big difference for me this week is that last week we had Kareem Hunt in in a good spot. We had James Conner in an elite spot. We had even Joe Mixon was in a good spot. And this week, I don't see anyone in that, you know, upper pricing spectrum that can really compete with Todd Gurley. Like his safety this week feels so much more safe than it did last week. 
You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, there's other guys that I like, but they just, they just don't give you the same, like I love McCaffrey and I love Kamara. Like we'll talk about those guys probably a couple seconds, but like, they just don't give you what Todd Gurley gives you. Right. Okay. So we're all in agreement. We're jamming in Todd Gurley in cash and we're going to play a hearty bit of him in GPPs. Hardy. Um, all right, Amico, you, you want to talk about Kamara? This is your opportunity. His salary has come down after the return of Ingram. He's now at uh, 7,300 against the Rams this week. We already mentioned the total on this game is massive, but Kamara's workload and his production hasn't been great recently. Uh, He only played 38 snaps on Monday night, 45 rush yards, 31 receiving yards, but his fantasy night was kind of bailed out by two touchdowns. So, Amico, Amico, I'm not sure how you're going to convince me on Alvin Kamara here, but I am open to listening. Well, I mean, the thing with Kamara, I think the huge difference between this year and last year is that like, he's still getting the money touches. Like obviously the workload has come down with Ingram and you know, that's why he's not 9,500 anymore. He's 7,300, but I still think that 7,300 represents a value because he is the preferred option right now in the red zone and on the goal line. If you look at the last two weeks, since the bye, uh, Kamara has outtouched, uh, outcarried, sorry, Ingram in the red zone eight to two, and inside the five three to one. So he seems to be the preferred option there. Like it pretty much just seems like Kamara's getting it, unless he's tired. And uh, I think that if he's still getting the short rushing touchdowns, which I, I we would we would have probably assumed that they would, those would be Ingrams. So if he's getting those carries, I don't really care that he's losing like six carries a game, like in between the twenties, like it matters. It matters a little bit, obviously, because you want as much workload as you can, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me as much, obviously as those, those short yard touchdowns. And, you know, those are going to probably be there this week in a game with such a high total. Yeah. I'm not worried about the carries either. My bigger concern is the lack of targets. He did have eight last week, but just two and four in the two weeks prior. And that was really how he made his money early in the season was just by being a receiving monster. So I I feel like even at 7,300, we're kind of asking him to score at least once to to return value here. And for tournament purposes, we might need him to score twice. So given his projected ownership, which right now is at 26 to 30% on fantasy labs, I don't think it's crazy to consider fading him. No, I mean, it, it's definitely not crazy, but like I even would consider him in cash because like I just think that he's that solid at that price. Like the the targets to me are like really easy to explain away because the Redskins game, the Redskins game basically doesn't exist to me because I he was injured. Like the usage with Ingram has been way different since the bye. And Baltimore is freaking nasty. Like, <laughs> like I'm not going to fault a guy for getting basically no – no love in the passing game against a really good passing defense. So like, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of just feel like the Minnesota game with the eight targets is a lot more indicative of what you can expect. Cause that's kind of just what he's always done. Like even last year. So I could be wrong. I could just be like snorting Kamara too hard. Um, I just think that this is, I just think the price is low. I agree that I like him more in a cash game setting than a tournament setting. Cause I'm not worried about his floor. I'm more worried about his ceiling. That's that's really where my concerns lie. Um, Jonesy, what are your thoughts on Kamara? Um, I kind of think the opposite. Like, I'd rather – I'll definitely have some exposure to him um, in tournaments, but I don't know that I would 
trust him in cash this week. I think I'd rather just go either up a little bit or down a little bit to some of the guys we'll talk about shortly. But um, it's I don't know if I I coughed for a second, so I stepped away from the mic. But I don't know if you mentioned that he missed practice today too with some illness. So worth. I don't know if he had like a tum tum ache or what, but he uh, he didn't play. Today. He didn't practice today. So it's Thursday, man, he'll be fine. Just get the IV going. No, he's ready. You Listen, don't don't sleep on a messed up gut, bro. That's a real thing. Okay. If I had a messed up gut, I would not be doing this podcast right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh no no no! Make no mistake. When it comes to stomach illness, I am like the biggest baby on the planet. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk with some cheaper options here. Um, there are a couple that I think are going to be popular. You've got Latavius Murray at 5,100. Uh, Peyton Barber is coming off a nice week, and he's just 3,600. And we still have Nick Chubb at 4,500, and now no more Hugh Jackson, which I think has to be considered a plus. Um, any of those three guys stand out to you, or is there somebody else in that low range that uh, I'm missing on, Jones? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... Those all make sense to me. Um, I think that maybe, I don't know if we're considering Latavius in that range, like Philip Lindsay at 5,500 um, looks like Royce Freeman's not going to be playing. Not that it really matters, but um, I think he makes some sense as well. Um, I'm having a hard time really getting excited about like one of those guys over the other. I think they all have like similar bust potential and I don't really know where I'm going to go um you, you know like for cash purposes this week i think they all have similar ceilings but i don't know where to sort of set their floors this week so i'm kind of juggling those guys right now okay that makes sense uh amico what are your thoughts i mean i think chubb is the superior play uh the big concern for me coming into his existence basically was receiving and last week he had three targets to johnson only had four so if he's going to continue to command uh and even split or close to that in the receiving game, um, that makes him a really good play because he's going to get all the work on the ground. He's going to get all the rushing touchdown equity in the offense. And, uh, you know, in a game against Kansas City, who, again, is very vulnerable on defense, uh, we can expect some points, I think, from Cleveland. And I think that means that Chubb is going to do the things. So uh, I like him in this spot. I think he's a really good play. I mean, I think that that's the big differentiation is, like, Barber to me is a complete zero in the passing game. Like last week he had no targets. Like Ronald Jones had more targets and he got hurt. And people think he sucks or catching the ball. Like <laughs> he does suck. Jacquez Rogers. <laughs> Jacquez Rogers is gonna be the receiver. Like he's gonna play half the snaps. He's gonna see all the passing downs. And like he may end up seeing Barber may end up seeing less than half the snaps in this game because Tampa Bay is probably gonna be trailing. And I think that when they're trailing, it's Jacquez Rogers time. So Barber for me is like a complete no go. And Murray is like fine. Like Murray, I think, is like your classic, like mid price value. Um, he's been good. You know, he's been able to score touchdowns. He scored a touchdown each of the last three weeks. Uh, he's been somewhat active as a receiver. I mean, six targets last week was really good, uh, just two in the previous four games. So, uh, you know, if he can continue at the six, Closer to six, obviously, that's really good. But even at two, at least he's giving you something. Um, but again, like they mix in like a couple other guys. That's the only reason why I don't love him. But the snaps have been much, much better than they were like the first couple times that Cook was out. So I think that they are starting to trust him more. 
Yeah, I really like Latavius Murray this week because what what his game log tells me is that he's kind of game script proof. I mean, he's not game script proof, but at 5,100, like he's about as game script proof as you can get, right? If they're trailing, he can get six targets. And if they're leading, he can milk the clock and he's going to get goal line touches. So I really like him at 5,100. I think that Detroit's run defense has been a, a pretty poor unit so far. Um, I think that he's my favorite of the group. Uh, I totally get the concerns on Peyton Barber, especially considering how good Carolina has been. But 3600 for him feels cheap considering his workload. So he's more of like a GPP play for me, but he's definitely somebody that I have some interest in. Speaking of GPP plays, let's talk some other guys. Uh, Amico, who are some other maybe more under-the-radar options that you're looking at? I mean, again, I, I think that we have to consider James Conner. Like, I I don't understand. I know, again, Baltimore, very, very good. But uh, Conner has, you know, the highest market share of rush attempts in the league. He's been a really consistent receiver in the offense. Um, and he has gone over 100 yards rushing with two touchdowns in each of the last three weeks. Like, usually this is a guy that just screams, you know, chalk play. But because of the matchup with Baltimore and a couple of the values in the slate, uh, is only labeled listed as five to eight percent on labs. So I just think that you know, even against a good defense, that's just that's just a guy you want some exposure to kind of every week because of his overall workload. I won't be rostering him this week. I mean, he's kind of beat up on bum defenses this year, and then disappointed against the tough ones. So, uh, you know, he only had 9.4 DraftKings points in his first matchup with the Ravens. And that was a game where they were trailing. So, like, he should have had more volume as a receiver, I thought. But it just wasn't there. And I do think that this game will be closer for for Pittsburgh. But uh, I just think there are better plays in that price range. I mean, we haven't talked about Christian McCaffrey. You kind of mentioned him earlier, Anthony. But, like, I think he's a a vastly superior play at just $600 more. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anthony. No, I, I didn't know if you were waiting for a rebuttal. I don't, I don't have one. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Jones. Yeah. GPP options for you, sir. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely on the Connor side of that. Um, I think just mainly because of the ownership, um, being right next to Kamara like that. I, we talked about it last week with like I think it was uh, Saquon. When you're right next to a guy that has that's projected for really high ownership, um, there's usually a bit of a vacuum there. So I think he makes some sense in tournaments. Um, interesting thing, just going through the Gillespie app for uh, for Rotoviz here, Kenyon Drake actually has the highest ceiling of anybody below seven thousand dollars this week, according to the Gillespie app. So, um, does the Gillespie app know that Frank Gore is still alive? Um, I, I believe that that is in the model somewhere that <laughs> Frank Gore is not a dead Frank person. Gore is undead. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Drake has been very good recently, so that's, I don't think that's absurd. No, 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 no. I'm just having some fun. Uh, yeah. I'm I mean, going, I'm going right back to the Isaiah Crowell. Well, oh no. The you Isaiah Crowell. Well, yes. Oh, uh, last week was brutal against the bears. But we all kind of knew it was going to be brutal against the Bears, right? Like, they're a good defense. The Jets' offense is pretty vanilla. And they fell behind predictably. So, 
I think they he has a much better chance for a positive game script this week against the Dolphins, who are not good on defense. No. And we're going to get him at a fraction of the ownership. So I think Crowell at 4,200 is a really strong play for tournaments. I have one question to ask. Uh, so Melvin Gordon yeah. is like still not practicing in full. Uh, Austin Eckler is at 4,300. Let's say Gordon misses. How would you rank Eckler at 4,300 versus Chubb and uh, Lat Murray? Um, I would rank it like Austin Eckler one on the slate, then Todd Gurley two. Oh, so you okay. so he's just like a nut play overall. <laughs> you know I'm an Eckler fanboy. Yeah, I was going to say, I know where this is going. <laughs> um, so like if, if, if Gordon doesn't play, like yeah, he becomes the de facto value running back for me. Yeah, yeah. If I think if Gordon doesn't play, Eckler should be like forty percent owned. Okay. I, I, I don't, think he, I don't know if he I will be. I just, I just think he should be. I don't think he would. But okay. Before we move on to wide receiver, I want to challenge all of you to join our special listeners league on DraftKings. Uh, it's a thirty-five person league, and we are already at twenty-seven people once Amico joins. It's I'm in. Five, I'm in. It's five dollars. It's going to pay the top five spots. So if you think you can take down the OTD crew and history suggests you can beat me at a very minimum, <laughs> now is your chance to prove it. <laughs> Check out our Twitter feeds at Matt LaMarca, at Amixta, at Matt Jones TFR. We'll be tweeting the link out. And again, seats are at a premium right now. There's only a few left. So make sure to join as soon as possible. Yeah, and I like- just want to say that sometimes we treat we tweet out an invite to the league so you can join the league. But then you still have to separately join the contest. Okay. So until you see the $5 come out of your DraftKings account, <laughs> you are not in the league. Just want to throw that out as a disclaimer. And also, like, fill this like Friday night. Like, yep. just fill it up. And then we can make it more. And then more people can enjoy and the prizes go up. The whole thing just keeps going. It's great. It's, it's a beautiful cycle. All right. Let's move on to receivers. Uh, Adam Thielen, officially the highest priced wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, feels like it should have happened like four weeks ago, but I don't know. There's just something about him where you don't feel like it's going to be real, but he just does it every single week. Uh, Jones, you are definitely an early adopter of Adam Thielen. Are you interested in him this week at the highest wide receiver salary on the board? Obviously. Yeah. I wouldn't have <laughs> like he, uh, I just, it's, it's the same feeling that I have about Gurley. Like I don't understand the thought process of being like, no, I'm not going to play this guy. Like he, uh, he only, only saw seven targets last week and just like, you know, just smashed anyway, like catches all seven over a hundred yards, scores a touchdown. Like the guys used in the red zone, he's had multiple red zone targets every week since the Rams game. So like the last six weeks, like, I just, I don't understand why, you wouldn't play him, especially again, like we keep saying, there's a ton of value this week. So you can absolutely fit him in if you feel the urge and you should feel the urge. Yeah, I mean, over 100 yards every every week this season and a touchdown in six of eight games. So uh, it's hard to be a non-believer at this point. Not bad. He should be 9,500. Like he's on pace for like... An, an elite season, like not just an elite season, like a, a legendary season, like 148 receptions, 1,850 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's his pace. Yeah. He that's, be 9, that's pretty good. So do you think you can play him and Gurley together? 
And if so, like, do you have to then make sure to differentiate with the, with your other spots? Like, uh, basically, am I am I I'm asking, is it too much chalk between those two guys? I don't think so. Only for the fact that, like, I don't know. I guess in my head, I'm thinking like people are going to find a way to pay up for Gurley in some lineups, and they're going to find a way to pay up for Thielen in some lineups. And I don't know that the combination of the two is going to necessarily be like uber popular just because it's difficult to fit, you know, an 8,900 receiver and a 9,500 running back in the same lineup. So I don't know that the, that the stack of them like gets that highly owned. Yeah. My, my thoughts would be like, if you are going to do that and I would advise it, like they're both fantastic players, just don't use like the obvious value wide receivers and you should still have a pretty contrarian lineup. Yep. Like if you have those two and don't have Cortland Sutton, who we'll talk about in a little bit, like that's probably enough to, to diversify your lineup. Yep. Um, all right, let's let's talk Cortland Sutton. He got a boost this week with the trade of Demarius Thomas. He should now be playing primarily in wide receiver uh, two wide receiver sets for the Broncos. Kenny Galladay, another guy who saw a boost at the trade deadline after the Lions shipped out Golden Tate. Uh, do you view these guys as must starts in cash games and how are you approaching them in GPPs? And we'll start with you this time, Anthony. Yeah. I mean, I think Sutton is definitely a lock. I, I getting the, this year it's been really difficult to get guys below 4k that have like legitimate roles and Sutton's role has already been growing. The fact that like Demarius is now no longer there just makes him like a clear full-time player. I think we could pencil in like six targets for him at minimum. And uh, at 3,900, as a guy who also has some touchdown equity, I kind of think that like you have to play him in cash. Uh, the Lions guys are really good too. I mean, Tate was their leading receiver in terms of targets. So shipping him out obviously opens up a lot more volume in the offense. Uh, a little less clear, I guess, just for who that goes to. Um, I want to see – I don't think Xavier Rhodes is officially ruled out yet. I want I want to see him out before I like really dive in on one or the other. I mean, I think I prefer Galladay, but uh, if Rhodes is out, I could definitely see the argument for Jones at a couple hundred dollars less. I kind of just assume that he'll be covering Jones if he's active. Um, both of those guys are also very good plays, but like, you know, you got to spend the full salary though. So like the one issue I've been having is just kind of like playing both of those guys and, and being able to use like the whole, the whole salary. So I think you need to consider that, but I think both of those guys are excellent plays. Yeah. I mean, Sutton uh, has posted a positive plus minus in five straight games. Now, granted it's a low salary and he hasn't exactly been scoring a ton of points. He's average. He's been basically between eight and 11 points in each of his past five games, but like that's that's not going to kill you at 3900 and obviously he has the potential now for so much more. Mm-hmm. So Sutton to me is like the nut cash game play. Like if you're not playing him, you're just going to be behind the eight ball. But I could definitely get behind a fade in GPPs. Like anytime I see a wide receiver with like, you know, single digit potential who's going to be owned upwards of like 40% I don't think you necessarily have to play him. Like, I think it honestly might be a smart fate. So, uh, Jones, what are your thoughts on Sutton this week in, in both formats? Um, yeah, I'm I'm fully with you there. Um, I'll I'll talk about what I'm doing with that whole situation uh, towards the end of the show if you catch my drift. Mm. Wink, um, wink. But uh, 
I don't know. Are we are we concerned that Galladay has seen three targets total over the last two weeks? Like, well, I feel like they made the trade specifically so that they could use him more. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, he's obviously going to see more than two targets, but I just, I'm, I don't know. I think that I would prefer, I'm probably not going to play Galladay in cash for that very reason. I'll definitely have Sutton in my cash lineup. Um, But I think I prefer playing Marvin Jones over Galladay this week. That's going to end up deciding, I think, a lot of games because they're only $200 apart. So like, I think a lot of head-to-heads this week are going to end up having like, maybe seven or eight of the same players and then like differentiating at Lions receiver. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Which, which is why I like hate head to heads, but oh, they're the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I totally agree on the, on the, the Lions wide receiver thing. Like Kenny Galladay is the sexier name. So he's going to command the, the larger ownership. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I'm not convinced that he's a better player than Marvin Jones. So I probably would rather take Jones at 5,300, save a little bit of money, especially if, like you mentioned, Anthony, uh, Rhodes close there is out of the lineup. Let's talk Sammy Watkins. Um, He was awesome last week, scored, I believe, two touchdowns. Correct. And is only 4,900 for this week. So when we were talking Mahomes earlier, I think that Mahomes Watkins is going to be easily the most popular chief stack. But how are you approaching him? Like, do you think it's a good price for cash games? And what are your thoughts in GPPs? Because he probably will have much higher ownership this week than he did last week. Um, Only Sutton is projected for more ownership in the Fantasy Labs models right now. Uh, Jonesy, what are your takes on Watkins? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's had, uh, I guess, a couple of good weeks, right? He had, uh, or not from a production standpoint, but from a target standpoint, he's had at least seven targets in three of the last four weeks. So you're looking at maybe a little bit of a bump in usage to a certain extent, but I don't know. I feel like the bus potential is just so big with him. And I don't know, like I'm definitely not going to play him in cash and I don't think I need to necessarily. Um, maybe I'll rotate him in with like a Mahomes stack, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a Watkins guy. I don't, ever get him right when I decide to play him. So I just feel like it's a, it's a stay away situation for me. Amico, are you a little more bullish on Sammy? I mean, I am a Watkins guy, but I just don't think that he's necessary this week. Like I think if we didn't have some of this other value, he'd be a guy that we were talking about as a, as a cash play, but like the range of outcome outcomes on Watkins is just so wide. Like he had that 34 point game last week. Like that's what everyone's kind of fixated on. But, he only has one other game this year over 20 DraftKings points. I think his ceiling, his realistic ceiling in like a given week is probably a little overstated. And, you know, for just a couple hundred dollars more, you get to the Lions guys who I think have uh, higher ceilings and higher floors. And like I just, and like a tighter, like a tighter overall range of outcomes. Like I just don't, like I, I think you want ceiling more this year than any year, like in terms of cash. Like you don't want to just play floor plays. But, like, I just don't think – I think that Watkins is still, like, too volatile on yeah. this particular slate. He literally had a zero, like, four or five weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like not – whatever. Like, it's – he actually had, like, a one-target zero catch game. Where he got hurt. Within the last month. But I'm just saying, like, that happens. Like, Sammy Watkins 
might get hurt. Like that's a real thing that happened. Like, I don't know, once or twice <laughs> since his career started. I don't know. I just think his, his floor is like literally zero. So I don't like playing those guys. Um, I'm definitely higher on him than you guys are. I mean, if you take that game where he busted off the table or where he got hurt, I'm sorry, he's returned value in five of his last six games. So I think at 4,900, you could do a lot worse. I mean, I do agree that in a vacuum, I prefer the Lions guys. But if you need Sammy Watkins in cash, I don't think it's a problem to pay, to play him. Like, if you want to play Thielen, Sutton, and Watkins and then just load up everywhere else, I would be okay with that. Like, if you need the difference from the Lions guys to, to Watkins, I think it's okay. Just don't put him in your three, man. You you really want to get this win, Lamarca. So don't. Put him in your three, man. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> now he's got the big head. <laughs> All right, let's talk GPPs, guys. Uh, Jones, who are you looking at for guaranteed prize pool tournaments? Um, I mean, I I think the the usual suspects are all there, right? Like we have Michael Thomas in a gigantic total game. Um. I don't know. Like, I, I just, I feel like you can kind of pick whoever you want up at the top this week because of what we've been talking about. Um, so th- that's kind of where I'm going right now. Like, I'm just going to be rotating some of those guys through between, say, like, I don't know, Hopkins. Julio is going to score a touchdown this week. I put that in my article. So that's going to be exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of of the mindset this week of like, really narrowing running backs and really spreading out wide receivers just because there's so many wide receivers that I like this week. Anthony. Excellent cop out Jones. Um, (laughs) I mean, I want to talk more about Thomas because I think he's honestly the best overall receiver play on the slate. Like I just think he's, I think 7,600 is way too cheap for a player of his target share. Like he's top 10 in weighted opportunity rating. He is, has a ridiculous cat. I mean, I'm Jones. I'm sure you know his catch rate because of the DK buffet. But but Lamarca, do you know what what Mike Thomas's catch rate is right now? Um, hi, that's all I know. Eighty nine percent. Like, uh, and we talked about Breeze over eighty percent last week. Like this combo has just been deadly uh, since losing a keep to Lieb. The Rams are bottom ten in DraftKings points allowed to opposing receivers. Uh, they faced five wideouts costing $5,500 or more, which I basically just consider like decent players, uh, good players. Their average DraftKings point scored is 24. Uh, and obviously the total here is 60. So this is just like a really good spot all around. I'm not really sure why the price is so low, probably just coming off of the down weeks, uh, you know, in the good matchups. But uh, I mean, I just don't like to me, I would I would prefer him over Thielen uh, given the difference in price. So if I was playing, you know, trying to pay up at one receiver spot, maybe, you know, maybe you can pay up for him and Thielen. But if I was just paying up for one spot. I would prefer Thomas. So I think Thomas is re- a really good play this week. Um, and if I guess if I'm trying to go uh, a little cheaper, uh, I really like Mike Williams at 3,800. I think that he is a really good pivot off of Cortland Sutton in tournaments. Uh, the Chargers and the Seahawks are both top five in explosive play rate on the season. Uh, I picked that game to go over on laying the points. So I, I expect a lot of fireworks and uh, Williams has been a strong producer for this team in the red zone. Uh, he's managed, you know, to score a few touchdowns this year. I, I know that the target numbers haven't been great of late, uh, but especially if like maybe Gordon misses or whatever, like I think, I think like in a shootout type 
atmosphere, uh, Williams can do some damage at that cost. Yeah, I'm sticking in the same game. I, I like Keenan Allen uh, for a lot of the same reasons you just mentioned. And if you look at his splits, like first half of the season versus second half of the season, he is a notoriously better second half player. Now, I don't know if that's like predictive or not. I don't know if that's just noise, but I do know that I'm intrigued this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the tight ends uh, once again. Travis Kelsey in his own tier at the position. I personally played him in cash last week and he was fine. He did exactly what we expected him to do, which was like 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, This week, it should be much easier to afford him should you want to go that route. And uh, Amico, are you interested in going that route? Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested in Kelsey. I want to try to get him this week if I can. I like, again, like he should be 7K. Like the guy just kind of produces every week. Uh, and Cleveland has actually been really good against deep passing this year, the top five in DVOA against deep passes. So, I mean, listen, like Tyree Kill is in a, a stratosphere of his own in terms of deep passing, but uh, we already, we, I think we've seen like in the past, like what happens if maybe KC can't get as deep as they want. Like Kelsey is just wide open over the middle, especially like in this Greg Williams defense where they have like the angel player. Like it, it's very easy to draw a conclusion as to why they're not giving up deep passes. It's because their safety is starting from the end zone. So like if that happens, like they, we know that Cleveland is giving up huge chunk plays, like not in the 20 yard range, but in like that 15 yard area. And that's where Kelsey lives. So I think, uh, I think he could really have a big game here. I think this is where Kansas city can score a bunch of their points. So I really like Kelsey this week. Jonesy. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out like how many gross plays do I need to fit in to do like Gurley, Thielen, and Kelsey, and it's so many gross plays. Like it's, it's probably all, not as hard as you think. No, I'm trying. I like I'm I'm actually trying right now, and I Play don't Michael like Thomas any of it. We'll do it, you know. <laughs> what? Play Michael Thomas instead of Thielen. No, that's no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> what about Isaiah Crowell? Also ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> More ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, all right. I, I, I mean, I love Kelsey. how could you not? Yeah, it's a great spot. But so you're prioritizing Gurley Thielen over Kelsey. Then I'm still deciding between Thielen and Kelsey. There's no way I'm not playing Gurley. But okay. yeah, that's it's a it's sort of a a coin flip right now for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna try my best to uh, to get all three in to the point where I might play some disgusting plays that Jones doesn't have the stomach for. But <sighs> hey. When you have zero wins in the three man, sometimes you gotta lay it all on the line. I hope we dupe our lineups in the three man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you're not gonna pay up for Kelsey, who are some other guys that you consider, uh, Jones? I mean, it's just the same like disgusting nonsense every week. It's like, oh, I'm gonna throw just literally flush money down the toilet and play David and Joku for zero catches. Wow. Like, what the hell was that last week? I don't understand. I don't um, get it either. It was it. the nut matchup too. I know. I hate it so much. Um, but I'm definitely going back to that well. <laughs> All that being said. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Hooper could make some sense because I, I just feel like he can score and 3,800 is a reasonable price for him. Um, I don't know. What, Amico, what do you think? Like, what are you doing with uh, with Olsen? Uh, not even interested. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll see I mean, myself he's, Greg Olsen. he's gonna carry some ownership i just like 
I'm not all the way back on on Greg. Can I call him Greg? I don't know. You can. Uh, <laughs> I just is. think that like DJ Moore is rising, and McCaffrey is already risen, and as a result, <laughs> there is not a lot there for Olson. Yeah, I mean, Olson has missed three total snaps the past three weeks. So uh, I think he is a definitely a more viable option than Amico's giving him credit for, but um, that price range is tough for me. You know, that's that like that forty five to forty eight hundred range. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna either go way up or way down. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I think it gets you on like a different build, which could make make your lineups interesting in in GPPs. Yeah, for GPPs for sure. I think that that's a nice strategy. Yeah, uh, I kind of like Kyle Rudolph this week. Sure. Um, three ends or three red zone targets last week, two the week before. He's only thirty six hundred, but he's got a decent floor. I mean, as far as tight ends go, it's a decent floor, and he can give you a little bit of upside. We haven't seen as much this season with Cousins leaning pretty heavily on Diggs and Thielen, but I still think that at that price tag, I'm interested. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad play at all. I mean, that's someone who, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that he's someone where, like, in the right spots, he's produced for us in the past, you know, and he he can score touchdowns. And Diggs is kind of hurt, you know. Like, what if, you know, Rudolph could get six or seven targets at 3,600, which, like, at tight end is, like, gold. Agreed. Uh, I really like Hooper, though. I mean, I, I think that he's had a couple of big games this year in terms of targets. He had... Four targets in the last game against the, you know, the Giants. Uh, but the two weeks before that, he had 10 and then 12. So he has uh, been used a lot more recently. And uh, Mohamed Sanu was downgraded today to a mispractice. So I think that if Sanu ends up not playing, obviously that opens up a ton more potential volume for Hooper. And at 3,800, like, like for me, he would kind of become like the play at in cash. Like I think if either Diggs or Sanu misses, like that's the tight end you're probably going to play in cash. This is going to be another Calvin Ridley week, isn't it? Oh, yep. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm already over that guy. Sucks. This is going to be another Calvin Ridley week. I can't wait. Um, all right. GPP no, scoring this week. I already said it. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. I like what you said last week, Matt. I hope he, I hope he goes for like 2,000 yards receiving and no touchdowns. <laughs> It's got to be a lot harder to be unselfish when your team sucks, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was all fun in games when people thought that the Falcons were, like, okay. But now that they suck, Julio needs to start playing for himself. It's funny. Uh, Michael Dubner on Rotoviz did an article about, uh, like, touchdown expectations and stuff and has a model for it. And he's Julio is, like, five, is expected to have, like, almost six touchdowns right now. And he has zero and nobody else is even like more than two touchdowns under expectation on his model. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's just a weird year for Julio, man. We're a career, I guess. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's <laughs> kind of a every year thing. Um, all right, let's talk GPP options, Amico. Anybody uh, outside of the guys we've already mentioned that you're considering? Yeah, I like Ben Watson, 3,200. Yes. Uh, we've mentioned the total on this game numerous times this year, uh, but 70% of tight ends meaning, uh, facing the Rams have met or exceeded salary-based expectation, according to Fantasy Labs. Uh, you know, the target share is only like 11%, but that is their best on the team right now. Uh, he's targeted 17% inside the five-yard line, 
Uh, we know that Watson certainly can score. And, you know, if you're going to score, this is probably the game to do it. So I, I think that he's like the one play in this game that, well, the one like feasible play in this game that is going to carry like no ownership. So as a result, I like him. Jonesy. I mean, I've played Ben Watson in cash this year. So, you know, <laughs> I'm playing Ben Watson this week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's all like the usual, like I could see the case being made for like a Trey Burton or somebody, but I'm, I'm pretty much limiting to the guys who I mentioned in the, uh, in the cash discussion before. I'm going to add in Vance McDonald because I can't quit him and I expect him to stiff arm another Baltimore safety onto the injured reserve list this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go defenses. Uh, We'll try to be quick here. Denver defense, uh, they look like the chalk low-priced option. Chicago defense uh, against Nathan Peterman is the chalk high-priced option. So do you like either of those options for cash games, and are you going to consider playing either in tournaments, Jones? Um, Yeah, I'll I'll definitely be playing Chicago in cash. Um, Wow, in cash. It's... It's freaking Nathan Peterman. They're $900 more expensive than the next defense. I don't care if they're $9,000 more expensive than the next defense. That's a lie. You do care. No, I do care. I'm probably going to play Denver. But (laughs) I think that Chicago makes like all of the sense in the world. Um, I think the line that I saw was like over under one and a half interceptions so you can see where that like for for an actual line to be set at one and a half interceptions that's pretty ridiculous um yeah i'll probably just play denver and cash though i lied i was i was being uh i was throwing out a little hyperbole there sorry if i could get to denver or i'm sorry if i could get to chicago i would not hesitate to do it yeah. you know what i'm saying like i don't know if nathan peterman has had a start yet where he hasn't thrown a pick six no probably not and we know that he can turn the ball over multiple times. So, like, if you can afford them, do it. <laughs> yeah. That's my philosophy this week. Yeah, uh, sure. But if you can't, I think that the uh, that the Broncos are a fine, cheaper option as well. Yeah, I mean, so- just play the defense that's 2K cheaper, has, like, a top-five pass rush, and is playing an offensive line made of Swiss cheese. Like, it just seems reasonable. <laughs> okay, so any uh like contrarian defenses for tournaments, Amico? I mean, like I kind of think that Chicago is going to end up being lower owned than we think. Like I they're not my contrarian play, but because they're so much more expensive, I could definitely see them being uh maybe like 12%, 10% as opposed to like 20 or 25% uh like they were when they played Osweiler. Um, so like, I do still really like them and I think that they warrant a bunch of consideration. Uh, but I think that you can like kind of get on the other side of that also and play Buffalo because Trubisky has turned the ball over a bunch and he hasn't been that good and he's taken sacks. Dude, Trubisky's (laughs) not that good. I mean, he's putting up fantasy points, but I don't think he's been that good. So like, I think you can get down with Buffalo at home. I think this is a frisky spot for the bills and, uh, I am willing to play them in this spot in tournaments. The one team I'm looking at really hard is Carolina. Um, it doesn't matter if it's Winston or if it's Fitzpatrick, both guys have struggled with turnovers this year. Sure. And I think that their ownership is going to be really low. Cause they're in a weird price point at 3,200. Like it's not cheap, but it's also not expensive. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like a nice strategy to go with. So 
I like Carolina this week if I'm not going with one of the chalkier options. And you're uh, fighting Jets against Osweiler. Sure. Give me that too. Uh, Jones, any other defenses you want to add in? Um, you know, you know how I roll. Throw in the projected sacks, and Kansas City is second right now, so why not? Throw them in there too. Because <laughs> Baker has been known to take a hit or two. So Yeah, and turn the ball over for sure. Once or twice. All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment. Millie Maker Plays of the Week. Um, let's start with you, Anthony. I mentioned him briefly before, but my Millie Maker play this week is Jacquez Rogers at minimum salary at running back. Uh, I just think that the game script here is going to lean uh, very heavy for pass for the Bucs. Uh, I really don't think that Peyton Barber is going to sniff a target this week. Um, and like at that price, like if Rogers catches five passes for 50 yards and scores a touchdown, uh, I mean, that's good enough to win you a Millie because he's going to let you get all the dudes, all of them. Jones, who do you got for me? I think, I feel like I need to kind of cheat this week. Can I cheat? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I am going to say that Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are in the Millie Maker winning lineup. Uh, so a revenge spot and just a good spot. Well, it's also like I I, I, I didn't mention it really before because I was saving it for now. But like Sanders is like the ultimate pivot spot off of Sutton. And if Lindsay gets owned, like it's he's also right by the Detroit wide receivers in price. Like they're it's just a, a wonderful spot for a GPP play. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has been, like, very good this year. Yeah. So I am fully on board with that. Uh, not so much the Demarius Thomas side. Um, it, well, that's what, this, that's what this segment is for, Mr. Lamarca. <laughs> All right. You ready for mine? I'm going with a real 1% guy this week. Oh, boy. And it is Jakeem the Dream Grant. 63 out of 68 snaps last week. Got eight targets. Uh, both of those were season highs for him. We know that the Jets defense on the back end is not particularly good. They are getting healthier, but still can be thrown upon. And Grant is a guy that only needs one touch to take it to the house. So I think, you know, considering the role he's playing, considering that he's just 3,700 and considering that he's going to be like legit 1%, I think Jakeem Grant is very intriguing for tournaments this week. I like it. All right, bold call time. Uh, Jones, you didn't go first on the last one, so you can go first this time. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, I know. I am going to say I'm going to roll with the uh, the smart people at Rotoviz, uh, one of which I am not. Um, and Kenyon Drake, man, he popped in the model. He the the Gillespie thing got me on Trubisky a few weeks ago. So I'm going to say Kenyon Drake outscores every running back not named Todd Gurley this week. That's tasty. That is certainly bold. Uh, Anthony, bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm still reeling off of my Bucks, my Jameis prediction last week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm going to say Michael Thomas outscores Adam Thielen this week. Blasphemy. I'm going sort of a reverse uh, bold call. I'm going to say that Cortland Sutton has eight or less DraftKings points this week. I thought you were going to say targets. I was like, that's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> eight or less DraftKings points. I like it. So 
like he's a fade candidate for me. It probably should make him a fade candidate in cash games, but we already mentioned he's just too cheap. Yeah. But uh, I think he's going to be like, a, he's a prime fade for me in tournament. I like it. Prime. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of On The Daily. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And remember, check out our Listener's League. Try to get my free money that I continue to donate to you guys. Uh, And there's only a couple of spots left, so hop in there as quick as you can. For Anthony and Matt, I am Matt LaMarca. Good luck this week. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email onthedailydfs at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at onthedailydfs. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing.